This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 168, with guest Lisa Fabrega. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the show. And wow, school is back in session for me. And I know for many of you listening, which also is the introduction to fall. We are at the end of the summer, headed into fall. Fall is my absolute favorite season, as I know it is for many of you have shared with me that it's yours as well. And I'm really excited to head into it. It's not as hot. The leaves change. Now we live in a place where the leaves actually change. Coming from Southern California, that never happened. So my husband and I get very excited when it happens. We actually enjoy cleaning up all the leaves and and just watching everything turn. It almost also feels like a new beginning for me. It, It doesn't ever really feel that way for New Year's. Spring and fall, for some reason, and feel like new beginnings. Maybe it's that way for you too. So speaking of new beginnings, I am hosting a live workshop coming up here on September 21st. It is my three most effective ways to manage your inner critic. So if you are someone who struggles in that area with your negative self-talk, if you beat yourself up a lot for mistakes or things that you've done in the past or feeling like you don't measure up, if you compare yourself to other women a lot of the time and just generally makes you feel like shit, then this is for you. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I have been teaching this since the beginning of my coaching practice. I knew coming in this was a topic that was foundational and really universal for everyone. Everyone has an inner critic. It just varies on what it says and how much it really sort of drives the bus in your life. So this particular workshop, I am teaching, again, three of my most effective tools for learning how to manage that gremlin so you can have more confidence, so you can have better relationships with the people that you care about and just generally feel happier. Super easy to sign up. If you just text the word gremlin to the number 444-999. We'll get you all squared away. And yes, there is a replay for those of you where the time doesn't work out for you. But I love these workshops because it's kind of like the podcast, but I'm there live and I will be interacting with you. And they're just really fun to get to interact with other people in the chat box. It's just one of my favorite things to do. So again, text the word gremlin to 444-999 and I will see you over there on the 21st. The other quick thing I wanted to mention is that if you like this podcast, then you should join me over on Facebook Live. So mostly every week, summer was kind of touch and go. I'll be honest, I was a little flaky (laughs) some weeks, (laughs) but now we're back into a regular schedule and every Thursday at noon Eastern time, unless I'm out of town, I hop on Facebook Live to 
talk about stuff that matters, right? What I'm doing is I'm pulling a chapter from my first book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, and talking about that. So this Thursday coming up this week is I'm talking about self-love. The chapter title is Self-Love is the New Black. The videos are about, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes long. They're not super long. You can always go back and watch the replay as well. So I'm over there at facebook.com forward slash your kick-ass life. You can go back and watch the old ones, but I love when you guys show up live and there's a handful of you that are my diehards that come every week and say hi. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you being there. Rebecca, you're one of them. Die, you're another. And just thank you for being there live on those. And yeah, noon Eastern time on Thursday. So hopefully I will see you over there. And let's get into the show today. I have Lisa on and This is an episode that is a little bit more woo-woo than I might normally talk about. I just have been really attracted to these topics lately, so guess what? Y'all get to come with me. Before we jump into the interview, let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. Lisa Fabrega is a truth-telling coach, writer, and innovator in the realm of leadership. She has devoted her life to helping people get rid of fear, anxiety, and self-doubt. Her poems, essays, and musings can be found on bentlily.com, Medium, and Inside the Jungle magazine. She's also been featured in CNN and Sports Illustrated. So without further ado, here is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I have been following you online actually for quite a while. And then you and I kind of started traveling in the same circles. And I love the work that you do. And I, to be honest, like more lately have been drawn to your type of work. So I'm still, I consider myself kind of an infant in the whole (laughs) spirit world and Lisa Fabrega world. So I'm super glad to have you on. And I, I'm going to start with, because I spent a lot of time reading your blog and really, you know, listening to a lot of your audios and watching your videos and getting to know more about you and what you're all about. But what's really fascinating to me and where I'd like us to start is on your website, you tell a story about how your mom adopted two little boys when you were little and what actually happened to them made you do the work that you do today. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I grew up in Panama, third world country, still is, more third world when I was little. And it was actually during the dictatorship times of Noriega. And when, you know, it was common to see poor children on the streets begging for money. And very often their parents were addicted to drugs or were sending their kids out basically to make the money for the family. And one day my mom was driving home. My mother was a school teacher and she was driving home from work. And she came across the same stop where she always saw the little boys there begging for money. And there was this one day where she saw this one little boy that she'd never seen before. He was crying, sitting on the corner of the street. And she was very moved and pulled over and asked him, you know, what's going on? Why are you crying? And he said, I didn't make enough money and I'm not going to have enough money to feed my family. And so my mom went and bought a bunch of groceries and drove him to his house in the ghetto and walked through the ghetto with him and the, the grocery bags and found that he was living in a tiny little mud floor shack with like cardboard walls and metal roof with three other siblings. And they had no parents. Their parents had both been murdered. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so my mother started talking with the two younger boys. And she realized they were really intelligent, very smart, and that they really wanted to go to school. 
So my mom decided, she told them, listen, how would you guys feel? I'll pay for, and let me just say something about this. My mother and father at this time, they were still young. And so they hadn't built their financial success yet. So this was hard for them. Mm -hmm. And they went and basically kind of adopted these two little boys pseudo adopted because they didn't want to live with us. They wanted to stay with their family. And my mother offered to pay for their school and all their school supplies and their clothes and their food. As long as they got above a certain grade in school and stayed in school and, you know, did what their teachers told them. And it went well for a little bit, but the problem was that they weren't out of their environment. And so they started slipping and missing school. And long story short, one of them ended up in jail and my father bailed them out a few times. And then after the last time, my dad said, you know, I can't bail you out anymore. You got to learn your lesson. And so he stayed in jail. I think he recently got out. And the other little boy, he basically died. He became a male prostitute and contracted AIDS and he died. So it's not an uplifting story, but it really impacted me because I saw how they had all these opportunities and how we cared so much for them and loved them and wanted them to overcome the obstacles that they had, but they didn't have, you know, my parents at the time, they did the best they could do, but they didn't have the, the environment to support their new choices. They kept getting sucked back in and nobody sat down to teach them what I think was the most important thing, which was, you know, you're worthy of what you want and you can do this. And I believe in you and, or, you know, I think my parents did do that, but it just wasn't enough, you know? So it really impacted me. It really broke my heart and it made me obsessed with this understanding of what is it that makes somebody overcome some incredible obstacles, you know, like Nelson Mandela, for example, mm -hmm. right? What makes another person just not make it? And of course, I think there's karma in there, you know, some souls choose to have more difficult lives because of whatever they need to learn. But I, you know, I think there are some people that if we could just show them some tools, you know, and this is what I do with my work, you know, if we could just show each other tools, make it standard to have these tools, believing in ourselves and understanding how to trust the voice inside of us versus all of the bombardment we get from the outside world about how we should be and how we should live our lives and how it's done. I think it could really make a difference. Mm. Yeah, no, I wish that story had a happy ending too, but it's interesting how how that can end up, but you know, it just really depends and how I'm sure it was difficult for you and your parents to have to surrender and not be able to, to you know, you can only do so much. It's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was hard because, you know, it's like you can give everything you can and probably looking back, there's more we could have done to kind of build up their internal self-esteem as well. But you know, my parents didn't know this mm -hmm. at the time they were doing the best they could. But I think also, you know, a person I think it's a beautiful combination of a person having to want to change and also, you know, giving them the right kind of support because it's very hard if all you've known is one thing and then all you see around you in your neighborhood is one thing to kind of stand out and do something different. And you need a lot of support in doing that different thing. It's why I think groups are so important. You know, I'm sure you agree with this too. You know, I think group elements to anything where we're in around a group of people who are striving towards the same goals, 
that we're striving for really makes a huge difference in whether we overcome that obstacle or not. Yes, I agree with that. And, you know, definitely even over here in the States and in the Western culture and your community makes a huge difference. And I think even if you're talking about personal development and, and the women that listen to to my podcast, and I'm sure that are in your audience as well, it, it can be tricky. And it's I think it's a learned thing to navigate when you get into the world of personal development and you're learning how to better yourself. And then you still face those people, like your coworkers, or yeah. maybe you have a partner that doesn't understand it. And so that can be hard to navigate. That's a very real obstacle to face. And yeah, it sort of ties into that story on a, on a very different level. But but I think most of us face it in our lifetime, that whole community aspect. Right, right. Absolutely. And so you help in a nutshell, and I'm sure you can explain this better than I can, but you help women to get in alignment with their soul and listen to their guides or their, you know, their highest self. And, and I know from my audience, some of them struggle to listen to their intuition, you know, they're go-getters and they very much are thinkers and doers, let alone, you know, like diving into the soul to guide their life. But when I was on your blog, you wrote a post, I think it's pretty recent too, called how to get help from your spirit guides. And I would love for you, and this link will be in the show notes, everyone, for if you want to read along, but how to get help from your spirit guides. So I would love for you to walk us through that. Yeah. So, you know, first I just want to preface this by saying that the reason we want to be in alignment with our soul, because, you know, for those of us who are used to like, I tend to work with women as you do too, Andrea who are like go-getters, high achievers, high-performing women. A lot of times I work with women who've been extremely successful already. Mm -hmm. And the reason we want to be in touch with our soul, because a lot of times we're like, that's just some woo thing I'll have to leave till later after I build my money and my success and everything. But what happens is in your soul is the blueprint for your life. It's the blueprint for all the greatness that you're here to achieve. And so what happens is when we, build success the way we're taught to build it without connection to our soul, without connection to all the help that we have in the unseen realms, as we would say, what happens is we end up building something amazing. We get results, but we're burned out. We're tired. We feel disconnected from ourselves. We're lacking meaning. We're thinking there's got to be more. I thought this is what I wanted, but I don't feel so great. And so soul really is to me the key to everything. So this blog post specifically talks about how to get help from the unseen helpers in your world. Because we all have guides, we all have ancestors, angels, whatever you want to call it, everybody experiences it differently. But I wanted to write a little step by step, because I thought it would be helpful. Because when we start on this journey, when we start on this journey to connect to our intuition and our soul, we're sort of like, where do I start? How Mm -hmm. do I do this? We have this idea that people, some people just have this gift, and we don't, but we all have the gift. So The first thing I always recommend is to look at what you learned about your natural intuitive ability as a child. And this is something that we cover in my soul whispering challenge, which is we all are born with this ability to like have those divine downloads, so to speak. And what happens is when we're aware enough to start taking in society and societal rules and religious beliefs and things like that we start to learn that maybe it's not good for us to access those things. So for me, I grew up in a super religious family and I was taught that anything 
intuitive was like of the devil, Uh right? Yes. So immediately we just cut off that natural ability we have to connect with the divine infinite intelligence that is available to us to download inspiration and information from. So I would encourage you to close your eyes and try to see if you can go back to the first memory you have of being told that the way you talked about God was wrong. Or maybe you like to go out and talk to trees when you were a little girl and somebody told you that was evil or whatever it was that you learned around your natural. Because when we were kids, we all knew how to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So look at what you learned because that's going to tell you a lot about how you're cutting it off right now. So that's the first thing that I recommend that you do. The second thing is a lot of us high achievers, high performers who've done amazing things, we are used to pushing and hustling. Mm -hmm. We're used to, if I push, I get my results. We get things done. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not how the spirit (laughs) world works. (laughs) Can't boss it around. Can't just, come on, come on. (laughs) That's not how your soul works. That's not how your guidance works. None of it. That's a very, and I hate using these like gender terms, but it's the only way I can use to describe it. We're taught, like, our masculine is super developed, right? Like, push, hustle, go for it. And Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. I think masculine is amazing. We need it. We need it to get shit done, right? Yeah. But (laughs) the feminine side is the part that's, like, intuition, creativity, honoring the process, slowing down, waiting to get the answers. And that's the part that we need to cultivate here because your guides, your soul, your angels, your ancestors, whatever – they don't speak to you on your timeline. <laughs> they speak to you when the time is right. Mm-hmm. And so if you very often when I start working with women and they'll start to do the practices that I teach to connect with your soul, they'll be like, I did it and nothing happened. I didn't get the answers. This sucks. I suck. I suck at this. I quit. I'm like, Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. You have literally spent like 20 something years not listening to your soul and you expect your soul to speak up and Mm -hmm. the minute you demand it to, Mm -hmm. your soul is like, F you. (laughs) You Give me a second. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just waking up. Exactly. Exactly. Like you haven't been listening to me. You've been pushing you to the corner for like 28 years or however old you are. Right. And now you just expect me to come at your beck and call. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. So you can't push it. You cannot push it. And you have to just give it time. Your guides and your soul, they are going to slowly begin to wake up and they're going to slowly begin to speak to you. And also, you know, the ego human brain timeline is very different than the timeline in the spirit world. And so we can't force it to fit our timeline. And sometimes our soul will tell us to do something. Our soul was told, I'll give you a perfect example. I was told to move to Santa Barbara. My soul told me to move to Santa Barbara. And I was like, what the heck? I have never seen Santa Barbara. I don't know anything. What, what is Santa Barbara? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I do this. So I listen now because if I don't listen, I get sick and all sorts of crazy stuff starts to happen. So I listened. I moved across. I was terrified the entire time. I had stomach issues the whole flight. I was like freaking out. And when I got here, I thought, I don't know why I'm here. I still don't know why I'm here. My ego was saying that. My ego was freaking out. My soul was like, chill. You'll find out in a moment. And within a few months, I knew exactly why I was told to move. And it was one of the best things I have ever done. So give it time. It doesn't work on your timeline. Allow space. Be patient. Yes. So that's 
next point is give yourself lots of space. I, I love that. I'm going to stop you for a second before you go on to the third one. I, yes, I have a, my listeners know I have always struggled with surrender. I should probably start rephrasing that. Like I'm working on surrender and patience and I'm one of those people you, you describe. I know a lot of my listeners are too. You know, we want we want things on our timeline. We want, you know, like I want to have, I want to have the will over it. I want to arm wrestle it and, you know, have a fight with it. But I think there's also some, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think there's some peace and freedom in knowing that I'm not in charge. Yes. Yes, there is. And that's the feminine, that's the feminine piece yeah. that needs to be nurtured. I love that. And that actually really comes in handy, like on a practical level. Like, for example, I'm in the middle of a launch right now, right? Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that we can't control about that. So many that. moving parts, yeah. Exactly. So in the past, when I wasn't connected to my soul and I wasn't giving myself that space and I wasn't honoring that more feminine side of me, I'd be like freaking out and stressing out over trying to control every little detail to sort of force the results to be what I want it to be, mm-hmm. right? And... Now I'm just like, I put in my work and the rest is up to the gods. The rest is up <laughs> to the universe, the gods, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. Exactly. The rest is up to whatever. Mm-hmm. And not just that. So first of all, that reduces my level of stress. It makes me much more emotionally capable of handling a launch or a stressful situation. And the other thing is it opens me up to allow for help from the unseen helpers. So I trust that all of my guides and all the people that are here to help me that I can't see, or all the things that are here to help me that I can't see, that they're on my side working for me. And when you move through life with that deep sense of knowing that you're being supported by all these beings that love you, it just, I can't tell you, it just makes everything so much easier. It makes your work so much easier things do better because you're more relaxed and you're more chilled out. You're not like having emotional breakdowns every time you launch a program. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a completely different way of living your life. And then in addition, your creativity opens up, you get better at what you do and your work becomes better. So super important. Yeah. And okay. So I want to point something out too, as well, because, and again, like I am somebody who's just over the last, I don't know, several months, year, maybe really started to kind of turn my head towards this and towards women like you who are practicing this. Because before I thought, okay, so does that mean like, are you just like you do, a, a, you know, for those of you that don't know, a launch is something that we call in the online business world when you're getting ready to promote a retreat or a class or something like that. It's doing business basically. So are you just, you know back in your lazy boy eating pot brownies and like burning sage. Like (laughs) like that's the way I used to think. But then I I met you and I'm like, well, wait a minute. She actually practices what she preaches and you are a successful woman. You have this great business. And so I assume that you're not sitting in your recliner eating pot brownies and burning sage. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you do nothing when you surrender. It just means you explain it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean that you do nothing because that's the fallacy of it. One of the best ways I can explain this is when you get a little woo here, but I remember reading this amazing book by this guy who used to be like a super hardcore Christian minister and he turned into a shaman. Like talk about total Mm -hmm. what (laughs) he became a shaman and he talks in the book about how his specialty is that he actually gets hired by companies and gets paid really big bucks 
to go to pieces of land and tell the construction companies where nature wants them to build the building. Wow. Because if, yeah, and if they build it in the wrong place, everything wrong happens with the construction. So his theory is that nature wants to work with us. Nature loves us. And it's like, fine, you can build the house here. But can you work with us too? You know, can you build the house in a way that doesn't destroy us? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. I think that we have to work with the energies that are supporting us. We can't just expect them to do all the heavy lifting because it's, you know, it's all about your intention that you're putting out there. I was just going over this in a program that I have recently that we are matter. I'm also a geek. Like I'm woo, but I'm also, I like to ground things into the practical and find the scientific reasons for things. So Mm -hmm. matter is made of light frequency and vibration. That is what matter is made of. Okay. So their scientists have done these experiments where they play these sounds onto a, like a flat of sand and the sand begins to form into all these different shapes depending on the pitch, the frequency, and the vibration of the sound. And so what that tells me is that our frequency and our vibration literally shapes the matter around us. And so my frequency and my vibration matters. So if I'm sitting on the couch eating, you know, pot brownies mm-hmm. and As whatever, I mm-hmm. me, my <laughs> vibration, that's the matter I'm shaping with that intention. But if my intention if I show my intention through putting in my amount of work, my effort into achieving my goal, then I'm shaping the vibration around me to reflect that result back to me. The problem is it's a balance, right? Because most of us go into, I have no help. I have to do it all by myself. I push, I make this happen. And then I burn myself out, right? Cause I'm doing too much. Mm-hmm. But if I put in my work, the way I look at it is I'm going to put in my hundred percent today. My 100%, not my 200%, my 100%. Because when I put in my 100%, I'm shaping my vibration, I'm putting it out there, and then the universe knows where to meet me. That's also a law of physics, by the way. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? It doesn't mean opposite of what you're putting out there. It means if I push my hand on this table, I'm getting that pushback from the table because technically the table is space and air and energy and vibration. (laughs) So my hand would go right through, but because of this law of physics, it pushes back up against my hand. So when I put that intention out there, the universe will come push back and give me the same intention back. So I have to put in the work, but it's that beautiful sweet spot of I put in my hundred percent and the rest I'm going to trust that support's going to come in and hold me and help me achieve that goal. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. I love the mixture of science too. Thank you so much. So what is the third guide that you have in learning how to listen to your spirit guide? It's to give yourself space. Mm-hmm. Dang, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Give it time. I always tell people there's this beautiful thing that I teach in all of my courses, which is sitting practice. It's not meditation because I find meditation hard because actually meditation is a very masculine thing. It was developed by men for men monks right? So a lot of women have trouble with meditation, they need to move or they need to do other things as their meditation. So what I do is my quote unquote meditation is sitting practice. And what you do is you literally just put your hand on your heart and one hand on your belly or your womb or your yoni, whatever feels best for you. And you just take some deep breaths and you just sit with yourself. And that is it. You just sit with yourself and you let your mind go nuts. And then 
You bring your attention back to your body and you just sit with no expectation that you're going to get some divine download. Don't expect, don't push, just let it be and just sit there for 10 minutes. It sounds really stupid and it sounds really simple, but just start with that because if you do that for a week, 10 minutes every day, trust me, you're going to come back to me and go, oh my God. I'm going to try um, that. Yeah. The purpose of it is, well, I don't want to give it all away, but one of the reasons this works is that since we're talking about vibration and frequency, we have our own wavelength patterns of vibration and frequency and everything in the world does too. When I go out into the world, you know how, remember basic physics in high school where they showed you how wavelength, sound wavelengths like to sync up with each other, that eventually they sync up, right? Just like two grandfather clocks, mm -hmm. they start Mm -hmm. a different pace and then they end up syncing up by the end of the day. So imagine when you're going out there, you're syncing up to everybody's frequency and vibration. So you need time. You need just 10 minutes a day to come back into sync with your vibration instead of being an amalgamation of everybody else's vibrations, right? So this is one of the reasons why this 10 minute sitting practice works well. There's other reasons, but I want you to discover them. So just do it and you'll see what I mean. I'm definitely going to try that. And I challenge the listeners to try that as well. And I know that's just a snippet and part of the, the soul whispering challenge that you have. We'll, we'll talk more about that too at the end, because I can't wait for our listeners to hear about that. But when you said that, you know what it made me think of, and I've, I've never told anyone this. So of course, it's just like me to tell the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not something too personal, but when my, not every single time, but sometimes when my kids are sick, when they're sleeping, I have this overwhelming urge and I do it to put my hands on them when they're sleeping. And I don't, and I, I don't even know really totally what Reiki is. Like, is that kind of what it is? Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never had Reiki done on me or any, I don't know anything about it, but there's something that tells me like my kids, ever since we left San Diego, they've gotten ear infections. And so I, they've gotten several of them. And again, it doesn't happen every time, but when they're sleeping, there's been several times where there's a voice that says like, put your hands over their ear and I do that. Or if they're, if they have a fever, I'll put my hands on their back and just like leave it there for a little while. I don't know what it's doing. I don't know if it's doing anything, but that I, it made me think of it when you were talking about that. I wonder if it is my spirit guide saying like help them heal or something like that. Absolutely. And we all have that. Like you notice how when you bump something, you need to put your hand on it. Mm -hmm. That's a normal human reaction. We actually have that ability to heal. And again, remember if we can shape matter through bombarding it with certain frequencies of sound and we are sound, we are made of sound. We're also made of light. And I actually ran an experiment yesterday where, you know, light photons act randomly. They move around randomly, but when you inject human DNA into light photons, they start to form the shape of the DNA spiral of that particular person of the DNA you injected into it. So oh my God. basically, yeah. So of course you're putting your hands on your children. Yeah. <laughs> your intention is to heal them. And so you're naturally feeling led to that desire to heal. Reiki is a little different. Reiki is a series of attunements that you have to receive from a Reiki master. And the energy you're channeling is not yours. It's Reiki energy. But similar to energy healing, energy healing is when we use our energy or call in other energies to help heal other people. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, give me a minute. Give me a minute. 
Oh, well, it's very mind blowing. I know it is. So, so speaking of mind blowing and my listeners, and and here's another one of your pieces of writing that I was drawn to. And again, we'll link to it on the show notes and it's eight unexpected signs. You might be out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And I, again, have a feeling my listeners can check many of these off. So can you take us through a couple of these, maybe the most common? Yes. The more than the most common is when we're just kind of starting to wake up to this stuff is every day when I wake up, I just feel like something's off. Something's off. You know, I've got the successful career. I've got the amazing relationship. I've, you know, like if you were to look at my life on the outside, you'd be like, nothing's wrong. What the hell are you complaining about? Mm -hmm. Your life is great. Lots of people would have killed to have your life. But something inside of you is like nagging you. There's something inside of you that's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's more. I, I feel like I'm meant for more. That to me is always a sign that something's not in alignment for you, that there's something you're not honoring that your soul wants you to do, that that blueprint for your calling that is inside your soul is kind of going, wake up, wake up. You're not paying attention. So that's a big one. So if you often feel that way, then there's something in you that's not in alignment and it's time to start asking what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Why? Another one that I hear a lot is that you're getting sick a lot. (laughs) Mm. I had my own personal health crisis when I was in college, right before I went to college, actually. And I had this really scary thing happen. And the doctors thought I might have a really scary autoimmune disorder. And they did all these tests and they couldn't figure out what the heck was wrong with me. And I remember asking, I was waiting to get the results of an exam that was basically going to tell me if I had a disease that was going to make my lungs harden until I basically suffocated to death. And I was crying. and I was like, why? I don't understand. And I heard this little voice say, well, you haven't been listening to yourself and you've been basically treating yourself terribly and attacking your own self by not honoring what you really want. And therefore your body's just mimicking now what you've been doing to yourself. And The minute I realized that, I went back to school and I changed my major and I made all these big changes and mysteriously, all my symptoms went away. (laughs) Oh God. When you, I want to say something really quick. Like when you said, like, you know, when you were kind of repeating what you felt like your body was telling you or your inner voice was telling you, my first reaction was like, I would have been like, ew, don't tell me that. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. (laughs) I want a quick fix. <laughs> of course we want the quick fix because that's the world we live in. It's like, take a diet pill. And you'll yeah, that pounds, yeah. You know, but that's the ego stuff. That's that side of us that's already well developed. We got to go with the slow and the process, which is the feminine. And yeah, it was not easy to change everything. It's not easy to stand for what you really want in a world that tells you you should want X. Right. Right. Or you should Um, major in this and it doesn't make any sense for you to major in that. Those kind of decisions. Exactly. Exactly. But what I notice is people get sick. People, a lot of people get physically ill. I also had a client who used to get throat infections all the time. And when I was like, what are you not saying that you want to say? Mm -hmm. She's like, I want to tell my boyfriend I love him. And I'm like, tell him. And she told him and her throat infections completely stopped. So if you're getting sick a lot, look at that. Yeah. (laughs) something's off. Well, I have actually a similar story and I have had 
chronic hypertension since I was in my teens. I never really questioned it because it's something that runs on the maternal side of my family. My maternal grandmother had it. My mother had it. So it was interesting because I was so young and I was, you know, a non-smoker and I exercised. It didn't make any sense that way, but it made sense because it was this genetic predisposition. It was a bullet I couldn't dodge. So I never really questioned it. And then I've told the story before, so I'll give you the short version. I was on medication forever. And then when I had my kids, I was even on medication and got really sick with the high blood pressure got even worse during that time. And then when we moved to North Carolina, the state we're in now, it's been a couple of years. I was in the process of, you know, you have to find new doctors and all that. And I didn't, I ran out of medication and then kind of procrastinated about finding a doctor and hadn't been on medication for a while. And finally went to the doctor and she took my blood pressure and she was like, your blood pressure is normal. And I was like, no doctor has ever said that to me unless I'm on medication. Are you sure? So she took it again and she's like, go home. Cause I had a blood pressure monitor at home. Keep track of it. Take it every other day for a couple of weeks and let me know how it goes. I did that. My blood pressure was normal. It was like a medical miracle. So what I, what I attribute that to is in 2011, I got sober and I, that's like when I really took responsibility for looking at, things that I had buried alive and hoped that they would just die and they didn't. So I really was healing and working on all of my stuff and it was hard and it was a struggle, but it was amazing and freeing and all of, you know, these things that I talk about here on the podcast. And so I really think that, because how does that happen? Like, how do you, how does it just fix itself? I wasn't, I wasn't eating different. I wasn't exercising different. I was getting older. So I mean, you might think <laughs> it would be getting worse, not better. So there might be another medical explanation, but I feel fine just really assuming that it was because I listened to what my body was trying to tell me and saying, you need to look at this stuff. You cannot keep shoving down all of these feelings because we are not going anywhere. We're just, I think it was manifesting as high blood pressure. Yes. And I think as women, particularly, we carry things, energetic things, and belief systems through the matrilineal line of our Mm -hmm. heritage. Yes. And so I noticed that with all the women in my family, I've had to heal a lot of things that go back several generations in the women in my family. And they can show up as physical illnesses, which is really interesting. Not to say, I believe that there are real diagnoses and that, you know, if you need your medication, take the damn medication, right? But I think it's an interesting, when we come, we can combine science with this and have a beautiful result. Yeah. Yeah, because I was told I would be medicated forever. Like, just that's just how it is. It's no big deal. It's a safe medication. You know, there was even safe medications when I was pregnant. I I really wasn't that distraught about it, but I just found it very interesting that it suddenly stopped and I was cured. So, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell me, you know what I'm really curious about is what do your daily routines look like? I'm assuming you wake up and do some form of your hand on your heart, hand on your yoni, but do you have any other like morning ritual that you do that helps you get in alignment with yourself? Well, you know, at this point, I think because I've been doing it for so long, it changes every day. I definitely recommend that if you're starting to do this, that you pick one thing, try it for a week, then maybe pick another, because that's how you find a lot of times we're sort of like, I don't even know where to start. Well, just start playing with things. Just start having fun with it and trying different things out. And eventually you'll find what works for you. For me, I know what works for me always is for me, I need to live in a really nature heavy place because that takes care of a lot of stuff for me. Nature actually has a frequency that makes us get back in touch with our own frequency. That's a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, when I wake up in the morning, I'm facing a gorgeous garden with fruit trees and mountains and the ocean in front of me as well. So that immediately (laughs) puts me back in touch with myself. But I do a variety of things. I mean, I have a ritual around making tea and just sitting. I have a chair by my window and I just sit on my chair for about 10, 15 minutes, just being with my thoughts and being with myself. Sometimes I'll do a meditation. A lot of times I journal. Going out for a walk where I live, there's a lot of places to hike. So I'll try to do a hike every once in a while just to clear myself. Dancing is very important too. Dancing is a really great way to move energy and get tension out of your body. Reading helps me sometimes. Listening to music. I have a playlist on Spotify that I'm happy to share (laughs) with everybody that I listen to that has like all of the songs that I feel have really good vibes and meditative vibrations to them that I just listen to. Doing something creative. Sometimes I'll paint something or draw something. Sometimes I'll write a little bit of music. So really, it varies. And what I'm a big believer in now, because for me, structure is very important. But at the same time, I rebel against structure. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is I try to be in the moment with myself and say, okay, what do I need today? The two most powerful questions you can ask yourself every morning is number one, how do I want to feel? And what do I need to do to create that? I've been asking that of my clients for seven years. So I encourage you to ask yourself that and see, because from day to day, the answer will be different. What you need and what you want will be different. So just taking those 10 minutes to sit and ask what you need is huge because you can even apply it to food, the things that you eat. You can apply it to how you want to exercise that day, how you want to move your body. To me, it's more of a moment to moment checking in Yeah, to see what I need. That really just dovetails back to everything that that you've talked about, about listening to your body and trying to just check in and have that connection. Yes. Yeah. Because your soul needs different things on a day-to-day basis. Instead of a checklist. Yeah. Yeah. Like sitting myself down to force myself to journal because that's supposed to be my ritual. is like the most unpleasant thing. Mm -hmm. But when my soul wants to like maybe go out and pick some oranges today, you know? No, I love that when my clients, you know, like when they will end a session and they'll pick an assignment or we'll co-create an assignment for them. And then I talk to them a few days later and they're like, actually, I decided to do this instead. And and I'm sorry, I didn't do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, if that's, that's what resonates, like, hell yes. Like, I want you to do where yeah. you feel led to have your own growth or own healing. Absolutely. Yeah. And part of that, again, what you're saying is so perfect, because it goes back to honoring what my soul wants versus a superimposed structure mm-hmm. that I've been told I should be doing. Right. I, I always say too, I'm like, it's don't do things to please me. Like it's not at the end of the day, it's your life. Right. You're showing up for you. Yes. Right. It's lessons all around. So I have, I have one more question for you. And then I want you to tell everybody about your, your soul whispering challenge. And it's a question I often ask my guests. And that is what surprises you about the work you do with women? Oh, I love this question. What surprises me about the work I do with women Oh my goodness. I'm constantly surprised. But I think what surprises me is how I have nothing to do with it. Meaning I have a program that it's a whole other story, but my guides told me to create this program and they dictated it to me while I was sleeping. It was crazy. And I created this program and I teach the lessons, right? The modules go out. And what's really amazing to me is there are weeks where I feel I do nothing. And breakthroughs like 
crazy are happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so amazing because what it tells me is there are all of these helpers assisting these women and I have absolutely nothing to do with it. Like all I did, I just created the container for them to come in and help and they're helping and those women's higher selves are calling in that help and doing it on their own. And that still amazes me in a wonderful way. Not because I expect to be the authority and have all the answers because I absolutely don't. But it's just amazing to me how much help there is out there for us if we're open to receive it. So that's one thing that really surprises me. And it still surprises me after seven years mm -hmm. when I'm like, I didn't do anything. And this woman just had the most profound breakthrough and these huge aha moments. But simply because the container was created for her to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, they're definitely ready to receive it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And sometimes we don't feel ready, but our heart is ready and we yes. do it trembling and we're scared and we're like, this is so crazy. Our head isn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like our ego literally will never tell us you're ready. Never, <laughs> never. It's got too much pride, too much pride. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I have done your soul whispering challenge and I highly recommend it. So where can people go to sign up for that? I know you run it a couple of times a year. Is that correct? Yes, we run it four times a year right now. You can go to besoulaligned.com forward slash soul dash whispering. Awesome. And that link is in the show notes for anyone who wants to, to join that. It's a free challenge that Lisa leads. And there's also your program, the Seven Soul Gates. Yeah, that's your signature the, program. The program. Yeah, Seven Soul Gates. That's the program the Soul Whispering Challenge leads into. Okay. Oh, thank you, Lisa, for this conversation thank and you. for doing this work in the world. I'm so glad I finally got to connect with you and, and share your message thank with you. my people. Thank you so much. It's such, such a pleasure, such a fun interview. Again, everyone, all those links are over at the show notes so you can get to know Lisa a little bit more. I highly recommend that you do so. And thank you again for being here for another episode. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know, it would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast, your kick-ass life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word. It helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for your kick-ass life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.